0: super talk mississippi media production
1: gateway rescue mission meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in jackson mississippi check us out at www.gatewaymission.org i'm steve azar and i'm on the other side of the microphone In a Mississippi minute. My guest right. today is she's going to have to grin and bear it because me asking her questions the she was on another foot and uh, like so many times I was always interviewed, I learned to be on this side of it, so she's going to have to lay on the couch and get ready. She is iconic. For over four decades, we've come to know, love, and so appreciate her talents. She's been inducted into six Hall of Fames, including the first woman to receive the Pro Football Hall of Fame's Pete Rozelle Award for Broadcast Excellence. A Massachusetts na- native, she's the only sportscaster, male or female, who has worked on broadcasts like the Super Bowl, Final Four, NBA Finals, World Series, Olympics, U.S. Open Tennis, something dear to my heart and the world figure skating championships she was also privileged to host the presentation of the coveted lombardi trophy i mean come on as an author her book her book sometimes you have to cross when it says don't walk a memoir of breaking barriers well that says it all look i could go on and on for a mississippi year but we don't have that long so let's just get to it with the wonderful leslie visser hey leslie (laughs) Uh,
2: Steve, thanks. I can't believe you didn't mention when I got your buddy Brett Farb to dress up in this really goofy outfit on Halloween.
1: (laughs) Tell me about it.
2: (laughs) It was like I had a feather boa, kind of a Mardi Gras, but it was up in Green Bay. We were on the Madden Cruiser, and uh, so I brought everybody outfits, and Brett came on the bus, and he was such a good sport. He put on the big purple boa and the crazy hat, and... You know, I can't believe in your song, which is so beautiful, the theme for Mississippi that you did not mention, The Broke Spoke.
1: <laughs> oh, The Broke Spoke. <laughs> oh, wow. I remember there being there many times in 95, 96, right? 96 yep. would have been the Super Bowl run a uh, lot of lot of great memories on the sidelines and Brett used to ask me he used to go uh, I used to he'd he get me box seats and I said I want to be on the sidelines you know they'd put you on the other sideline but as it got colder which I would always request the cold try to get the coldest game in green bay to do the anthem and my last time was monday night football and it was outright outrageous cold so it caught up with me either age caught up with me cuz it had been about an 8 year span or it was just that dang cold, I remember you know the you know the little hunting things, the little uh the little bead bags that hunters put in like their their neck and you put them in your wrists and you put put them everywhere you can find to keep yourself warm. I think I had like thirty of them on me
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I did so many games in the cold in Green Bay that I tried all those different things to stay warm, and I remember once I bought um hunters' <laughs> socks and I put Uh, D batteries in them and of course after like the middle of the first quarter they went dead and John Madden on the air said that is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen (laughs) I was clumping around (laughs) with these big giant batteries hanging out the back of my foot but I I always loved it I people used to say Leslie what's your favorite place in America and I would say Lambeau in January I thought it was a privilege
1: Well, no, you know, the Ryman Auditorium for us as musicians, when you get a chance to play the original Grand Ole Opry, you you just feel like you're at church, and that's the feeling I got. I mean, I almost felt like Green Bay was like Greenville, Mississippi. I mean, there was one or two buildings that had a little height to it. I mean, it just made no sense in the world of economic NFL, right? And so it was like going to church, you know? Yeah, Um,
2: I would say um, it's sort of unusual and— one of them, if you haven't been to it, so your bucket list. But uh, my three favorite venues in the world, and I've been in pretty much all the stadiums and uh, done 10 Olympics, so I've pretty much been all around the world. Yeah. But my three favorite uh, are Lambeau, uh, I'm a child of the Red Sox, so Fenway Park, yeah. and the third is Wimbledon. And uh, what's yeah. interesting, they all sort of have that same shade of green. You huh. know, it's all. That And I, I think part of the reason is because there was something about when they painted those, when they first opened them, that whatever uh, the metal was turned to that shade of green. You know what it is? It's very different. The U.S. Open is so Wall Street, and it's noisy, and it's crowded, and people go crazy. Actually, the one time McEnroe was ever under control was in 79, when he had that <laughs> enormous blow-up with Nastasi, right. who, you know, he was... <laughs> half crazy and brilliant player but he would play with the crowd kind of like Connors did but uh they had that massive scene it was at night under the lights at the u.s open frank hammond long renowned uh chair umpire they had to take him out of the chair because people (laughs) were throwing things but um wimbledon is um it's very um it's what tennis used to be no one pushes people still dress up for the matches they line up for days uh and it's um it's it's really it's, it's worth you and Gwen doing because um especially because you're an old tennis player and you, you do feel the whole history when you go yeah. to Wimbledon
1: you've gone through the gamut of a lot of greats with John Madden I mean what was it like working with him
2: Oh, yeah, Steve, that's a great question. Um, I would say my personal Mount Rushmore, and I'll I'll tell you about each one, my personal Mount Rushmore would be John Madden. Uh, I did World Series, Monday Night Football, uh, Triple Crown with Al Michaels. Al is just flawless, flawless. Mm -hmm. You never wonder where the broadcast is going or what's happening. Uh, You know, I was privileged to do um, a lot of college uh, basketball, Uh, I've done 35 Final Fours, so I got sort of everybody along the way in the Final Four. I had Back to Brent Musburger with Billy Packer. Then I had Jim Nance. Uh, Then for eight years, this was really a blast. I had Vern Lundquist and Bill Raftery, who are just a scream, you know. um, uh, Raftery's just the funny Irishman, and Vern, as everyone knows, has got the Southern. He was, is the voice of the SEC. Oh, Yeah. So, oh, yeah, I would say, and I grew up listening to Kirk Gowdy, uh, so I, I really, I, I believe I've been, and I, I worked uh, some tournaments, actually, I'll tell you how funny, one, I guess I did about four NCAA tournaments with um, the great Dick Enberg and Bill Walton, and it was so funny because we had Arizona in a regional final, and Bill, Walton, Bill Walton's son, of course, Luke, was playing for Arizona, and... Um, Bill Walton started ripping his son on the air. He started <laughs> saying, Walton, that's a terrible past. And Dick <laughs> Enberg was forced, ever the gentleman, to say, Oh, now, now, Bill, I'm sure he's doing the best he can.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I love yeah. it. Oh, he's a wild guy. Walton's a colorful guy, isn't he? Just, uh, his he's only- a
2: character in his house. You'd go to his home in, in La Jolla. And he had um, kites, like you fly in the air, kites hanging from the ceiling all over his living room. And a teepee in the back. Very unusual <laughs> person. But to tell you about John Madden, John Madden was is truly a, a Mark Twain of our time. He's just a brilliant observer. And um, I think I told you this when we were last together, that, of course, he took the bus, and I right. rode it quite a bit with him. And I remember once we were going to a 49er game, and so we're riding through Utah or someplace, and John would just look out the window and out of nowhere say, dark chocolate. I I don't get it. It's like they got halfway to milk and quit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I agree with him.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was just so original. He He would tell you, you know, not in the hotel. I've never done it since. He must have told me to. 25 years ago, never sleep on the side of the bed in a hotel where the phone is. Do you know why?
1: I don't know this. I should know, though.
2: Because that's where every businessman sits to talk on the phone. So you do not want to put your head where every <laughs> businessman before cell phones.
1: Every I'm never going to sleep on the side ever again yeah. with the phone.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: Even the if I is- have a three o'clock wake up, I'm not doing it. I'm going to do it. I'll, make, I'll get up and go around the bed. I've never thought about that. And uh, I think that, that whatever I've picked up from that has probably already sunken into my brain, and it's probably too late. It's probably too late hey, for me. Hey,
2: before I forget, yeah. aren't we celebrating the birthday of one of your heroes
1: today? Who is it? B.B. King. Oh, yes. Well, you know, uh, I can't, I'm, I'm bad with birthdays, but I, but, but I admire that man so much. He is one of the greatest if not the greatest ever, Uh, beautiful soul, and I made my last record with a lot of his guys, his nephew and guys that spent a lot of time with him, and I got to know him through them.
2: Oh, well, yeah, I remember you saying that, you know, because you are sort of that combination of, you know, Delta, blues, and country, and, you know, who, I mean, you could just listen to B.B. King. It's like he should be the background music for our life.
1: Oh, well, he has been for me. I mean, growing up down here, you didn't have a choice but to be blessed with it. I mean, it was just so much and so all around you. And obviously, he was part of the fabric. We're talking to Leslie Visser. I can say, as Vern used to say, not in your life. I love that. (laughs) We're in a Mississippi Minute. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios. And nobody beautiful, more beautiful than Leslie Visser. We'll be right back.
0: A Mississippi Minute With Steve Azar Right here on Super Talk Mississippi
1: We're talking to Leslie Visser The great Leslie Visser Author
0: uh, I mean,
1: I want to talk about your book That's the greatest title I know it has uh, something to do with Something from comes from an honest place And I do want to dig into that We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios And Leslie, take me back I want to talk about mistakes made And how you've learned and how you learned seeing you go down not only an unpaved road it didn't even have dirt on it it was a wilderness
2: uh thanks for asking steve my actually my entire the opportunities of my life did not come from my dad but from my mom which is very unusual in sports Uh, my dad was raised in amsterdam he had an interesting background uh, he was not Jewish, but he lived under the Nazi occupation mm. uh, as a child. You know, the Holland was liberated in forty-five, so they all hid their Jewish. He, he went to the same Montessori school as Anne Frank. So he knew nothing, nothing of American sports. You know, in Holland they grew up with speed skating, um, really winter sports. But my mom um, <clears throat> was really an American who loved... Uh, she, she loves sports. Matter of fact, uh, my former husband uh, Dick Stockton, great announcer. Um, my mother always used to say that she thought that Jesus was Bill Russell at the foul line. I mean, <laughs> she was really interesting. And when Dick and I got married, we were friends with Bill Russell, and he came to our wedding. Which, by the way, could you imagine having Bill Russell and Red Hour back at your wedding? And nobody <laughs> cared that Bob, that Dick and I were getting married. Nobody. But my mom, uh, my family moved quite a bit because of my dad's job, and he he really wasn't around that much when I was a kid. Like, we'd move, and then he'd move again. But my mother, uh, we were living in Cincinnati, and I was 10 years old, which, as you know, became the title of my book. And uh, my mom said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And uh, 10 years old, 1963, and I looked at her and I said, You know what? I want to be a sports writer. Which, of hmm. course, was like saying, You know, I want to go to the moon. Right. I mean, the, right. The job well, Mars. I
1: wanted to go to Mars or Mercury. Mars. Even yeah, beyond. The job the didn't man.
2: exist. The idea didn't exist. Right. And, um, and you know, that she can change a child's mind in one sentence. And instead of saying to me, You know, oh, you can't do that. You've got to be a teacher or a nurse or a homemaker. She said to me, That's great. Sometimes you have to cross when it says don't walk. Wow. Yeah. Very powerful.
1: And that's the title of the book.
2: Yeah, Set Me Free. Set Me Free. I mean, I had, I mean, like, you know, we said before, I had many mistakes. And uh, it's good for people to hear that um, two things. One, nobody teaches you humiliation. And I'm sure you've had this too. Like, you started playing guitar when you were 10 or 11, and you've had great success, but nobody in any business, you study hard, you work hard, you progress, and nobody says, oh, and by the way, X amount of times you're going to be completely (laughs) humiliated. So I think that's one thing that people should know, that you are going to get humiliated, and it's how you handle the humiliation. Um, I'll tell you a couple of mine. Uh, Let's see, one was tennis. Uh, at, do you remember? Probably most of your listeners won't, but do you remember Hanna Mandlikova?
1: Of course, I do. Yes,
2: you do. Yeah, I, people who really know tennis. Well, she came after Martina, the Ova in all those names: Sharapova and Navratilova, Hanna Mandlikova. Ova just means daughter of. Okay. So I didn't Martina's know that. father was Navratil. Hannah's father was Mandlik. So anyway, she had a great run, like 1984, 85. She went you know, from way out of nowhere to winning the US Open, so uh, I had just gone from the Boston Globe to television, uh, maybe it was 84, and uh, my first assignment was the U.S Open, and they send me out to Court 16 to interview. I'd done, I'd done 10 US. opens with the great Bud Collins for the Boston Globe. Oh, so yeah. I knew the tennis, but I knew nothing of TV. So they sent me out. She wins an early round match, and Brent Musburger says, let's go out to Hanna Mandlikova, who, of course, was from Prague, had a very thick accent. So I say, Hanna, she went from 55th in the world up to 5th. I say, to what do you attribute your sudden rise in the rankings? And Hanna says, Vez, I think it is my new couch. So (laughs) network television, right? So I thought, I don't know, maybe she's sleeping better or something. So I say, uh, oh, did you get some new furniture? And she looks at me like, what kind of a question is that? And she says, don't be ridiculous. Billie Jean King, my new coach.
1: Coach.
2: She got a new coach. <laughs> That's right.
1: I love it. I love That's it. That's right.
2: And Brent Mus- I'm burger. <laughs> Head hits the table, they play it at every (laughs) seminar, every year. Oh, remember the time, Leslie. So you can survive
1: humiliation. Oh my God, think about if you were interviewing somebody where I'm from, you'd probably would have said, There's no telling what it would have sounded like.
2: You know, I have been in Mississippi so many times. And (laughs) I will tell you a couple of my favorites.
1: Do you remember
2: Oil Can Boyd?
1: Yes, I do. I remember Oil Can Meridian. Yes.
2: Pitched for the Red Sox, yeah. and I remember the great Peter Gammons, who's like—he's the Mount Rushmore of baseball reporters. I guess even before blockbuster, when you could rent adult films, right? Okay. Or, yeah, whatever. So, Oil Can Boyd. This was like mid '80s. <laughs> he pitched for the Red Sox. Oil Can did not return his thirty or forty porno adult videos, and they came after him. And so, Peter Gammons referred to it <laughs> as. The Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I love Loved it. it. And then one time I had to go sit um, outside. Remember when Marcus Dupree, who yeah. might have gone on to be the best running back. Uh, I mean, he was unique.
1: Can't tell you how we followed him in high school. I mean, it was a big deal for us.
2: Yeah, I mean, he could have, I really think he could have been a Walter Payton and Earl Campbell. I mean, that guy had the body, the desire. I think once that, was it, I don't think it was high school, I think it was even at Oklahoma, he played like four positions, right? He was wide receiver. He was all linebacker. over the
1: place, right?
2: Yeah, all over the place. Well, remember when he disappeared, right? He just, you know, he, he and Switzer had that falling out, and mm-hmm. then he, like, disappeared. So the Boston Globe sent me to Philadelphia and Mississippi. This is when papers had really big money, and we were... Boston Globe was, you know, a giant, and uh, he sent, uh, my editor sent me down there, I sat outside his house for three days in Philadelphia, Mississippi, (laughs) waiting for him to come out, you know, and say what happened to him, and uh, the closest I got was he had that reverend who was kind of taking care of him, and the reverend would come out, once a day to say, oh, okay, uh, Marcus isn't ready to come out and speak. So, so I've spent a lot of time in that.
1: Uh, wow. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, he, he was a, a crown jewel for sure. We're talking to Leslie Visser. Leslie, you go from print, and you, like you said, you're, you, go into the, you jump right into the pot. How difficult?
2: Oh, um, I had zero TV experience. And I did not get to go to, you know, Des Moines or Missoula and make some mistakes. I went right to the network when networks had all the crown jewels of sports. And um, it wasn't really ESPN was kind of starting. So, no, it was. Uh, and, and the people at CBS used to say to me, oh, Leslie, you know, just act like yourself. Because honest to God, if you saw those early reports I did, I looked like I had rigor mortis. I look like I had no idea what I was doing uh, in that I knew the sport, but I had no idea how to be on television. And I'm sure now you know this, but in the beginning, you know, the director, the producer is talking in your ear. And we're all raised when we grow up that if someone else speaks, you stop. So I, I would just stop when the producer said something to me and then Pretty soon he'd be screaming at me, what are you doing? What are you right, doing? Right. So was, I'm listening. Um, yeah, I was listening. What you said is your new skill. But, um, yeah, it was, it was it was quite an adjustment. And uh, the, the entire locker room scenario I had dealt with, the Boston Globe made me the first woman to cover the NFL as
1: a beat. Wow. Well, we're talking to Leslie Visser. Leslie, you get to play DJ. The birthplace of American music is right here. You were in Philadelphia, home of Marty Stewart. So, He's bringing his country music memorabilia. Uh, he's got 20,000 pieces of country music legendary memorabilia, from Johnny Cash's black suit to Patsy Cline's boots when she passed away. Oh. I mean, this guy, he, he's, first of all, he's, he's an icon in Mississippi but, and, and around the world right. musically, but he's got all this stuff, so he's bringing it back to his hometown of Philadelphia, and we're excited about it. So would you like to hear Marty Stewart or Helen Wolf?
2: love to hear marty stewart and i'm going to sing
1: along okay Would you, you got it same? you got it we're with leslie Bissard. we're gonna be right back <laughs> from deep in the desert on the losing, the shore the people got to have it they want to hear some more it's a hillbilly rock beat it with a drum playing the guitar like shooting from a gun keeping up the rhythm steady as a clock doing a little thing called the hillbilly rock now. I'm still trying to find my way Humble beginnings, all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank, with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC.
0: Feeling down? Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: I am Steve Azar, and I have. Fabulous Leslie Visser on today. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. I've traveled the world since we've talked a little bit, or, or part of the world, and I've made it back, and just to get back to uh, to have a Mississippi spend a Mississippi minute with her. Leslie, thanks for taking the time. What, have you, what are you doing today? You, you, you're doing a big deal, so tell me about it.
2: Oh, thanks. Uh, tonight, well, this is the hundredth anniversary of the NFL, so their big kickoff is here in New York, and I'm on a panel with, um, you know, a couple, uh, I don't know if, if, if Brett's jet jersey will be there. <laughs> but no, 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 no. It's no, no. with a couple players, um, people from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Neil Pilsen, who was our network uh, chairman at CBS, who brokered all those deals to get the Super Bowl. So, but I can't go till I thank you for that, Mississippi, because I can't believe you got the Muppets in there.
1: Come on, are you kidding me? I got the Muppets? Are you kidding? Jim Henson grew up eight miles or nine miles from my house? I grew up in the land- you know when it, when it, when it's so funny, everybody talks about music and talks about William Alexander Percy, and all our great authors, William Faulkner, the list goes on and on and on but and you know Morgan Freeman lives down the road and and it's awesome. it's the greatest, but the most global figures in the entire world are the Muppets, and they're Absolutely. from they're from here <laughs> you know. Absolutely.
2: No, you got every. Uh, you got oil can. You got Danny. Manning, we got it all. Sli- <laughs> slick Watts. So, congratulations.
1: Thank you, with Arch, Archie, our boy Archie. Hey, what? What? Uh, tell me about. Oh, anyway, so t- wait a minute. Tonight, though, then you're doing what exactly? What's going on? Oh,
2: it's a panel for the starting to celebrate the hundredth anniversary. The whole year is the hundredth. Oh, I got gotcha.
1: you. I got gotcha.
2: you. The NFL. So yeah. it's going to be at the Paley Center. Uh, William Paley founded. CBS, you know, was the greatest icon in network history, and it's at his museum. So, you know, it should be pretty exciting.
1: Wow. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios. I've got the wonderful Leslie Visser on. Leslie, the, the best interview you've ever gotten to do, uh, and, I, and I use the word best. I, that's not probably the word I'm looking for. Just the most interesting and the most insightful that you went, wow, and what a good person.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, Gee, I've had a few of them. Um, Probably the number one was the great Arthur Ashe. Uh, You know, he grew up in Richmond, couldn't play on the courts. Um, You know, Richmond, as you know, capital of the South. Uh, Actually, isn't he from uh, your—isn't he Mississippi, you know, the president of the Confederacy there? Um, But Richmond— they have all those statues, you know, Stonewall Jackson and uh-huh. uh, Robert E. Lee, and at the very end, they just, only in the last two years, just put up this like tiny bust for Arthur Ashe. But wow. he was so monumental. He went to South Africa in the '60s to try to end apartheid, and he was just the the all time gentleman. Um, I got to meet Nelson Mandela once, and he brought up Arthur Ashe. So wow. I would say that, for me, taught me the most. Uh, but, um, you know, I've had all, all kinds of them. I mean, I loved, Lawrence Taylor was my favorite uh, football player, and I remember once talking to him. This is how crazy uh, people can be. And I said, LT, what is it with you? And he said, you know what, Leslie, my problem is that my drug dealer lives five minutes away and takes American Express. Oh, my (laughs) I said, LT, I'm going to do you a favor. We're not going to use that. Yeah,
1: that's off the record. Off the record for now. Wow. You know, my buddy Corey Miller, whose son Christian now is playing for the Carolina Panthers via Alabama. Corey and I have been pals a long time. Uh, I love him, but he played next to LT for a long time with the Giants. Well, one
2: one of the people on the panel is Carl Banks, who, of course, yeah. was the, yeah. the big, big blue wrecking crew. So, yeah, I've really had that, that kind of range of... Uh, you know, I always love talking to Brett. Um, I, I just... I think... I always say that sports is, is the great passport because even CBS sent me to the fall of the Berlin Wall to talk about how sports would change in East Germany. Um, remember when Katarina Witt was the face of socialism? So with the wall coming down, that mm-hmm. all... So, I, I just—I've um, had really a, a blessed life to learn from all kinds of people.
1: You know, I—I I was right after the wall came down. I was blessed with getting to go play a show. I spent a week there, but I played a show called the Yermala Festival. It was in the early '90s, uh, toward the mid, and it was uh, in Latvia.
2: Wow!
1: And and, and people on the streets—they were—it was like. There was a lot of poverty, but there was this spirit about them that was like, you know, they were free, you know, and it was you could sense it. You could feel it. Um, A lot of songs came from that moment from me experiencing that and uh, coming home and and realizing the stuff that we had was just so much greater and bigger and larger. And I mean, they had toilet paper that that was soft. It was a big deal. You know what I mean?
2: Yes. I remember going through Checkpoint Charlie and I couldn't believe that just within a half a mile, there'd be, you know, five-star hotels in Berlin, and then in uh, East Berlin, it would be like, yeah, really rough paper towel. But you know what, Steve, you're one of the last people who really writes songs of, you know, deeper meaning. Uh, You know, someone I just read an article about, you know, the death of the singer-songwriter for meaningful uh, Mm -hmm. songs that, you know, now they're very commercially popular but you just you don't hear too many of those songs that make you sit back and just say gosh i didn't know that or i learned something or that really moved me in a in a different way so i thank you for that
1: oh that's so sweet well look a lot of them end up as coasters in people's houses these days because <laughs> i they,
2: think i have a few yeah
1: <laughs> you're so sweet well you know it's funny with me uh you know, Gwen gave me the sort of the nod, like when, 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 uh, and I don't know if it was the word when, when Adrian told Rocky when, Gwen just said, she didn't say when. <laughs> Maybe she should have told me that. She said, I want you to do what you do without compromise. And I, and I want you to do that for yourself and for all of us. And because I used to come home, uh, trying to figure out how to have a hit record and it sounded like it. So I was compromising and it and there takes a certain amount of compromise in, in what we do and we, what we all do to cause you Because you're learning along the way But when you can truly be honest with yourself and you have the craft part down and then you truly get to be yourself That's the person you want to leave and you want to you want to bear it all so I've never been afraid to do that I, I started writing songs. My mom used to ground me all so so Leslie when I say I was grounded it was like, when was I not grounded? It was a joke, like if I was free. No, I'm serious. I was grounded my entire junior high, high school career, and she even grounded me at 22, and I wrote a song about it. So she, I would write myself out of the rooms. Well, I mean, obviously I was sad, so so it was pretty heavy, me trying to come out of the room. I had to write something pretty deep, and it probably had a lot of junk in it to make her go, okay, you're forgiven, you know? You can, you can go you know, out on Friday night. <laughs>
2: did, did the words, I mean, you always have such interesting combinations of words? I mean, did that, do you feel like um, you might have been not a Pete Seeger, but, you know, would you have been a a wordsmith somewhere if you hadn't gone into music?
1: Can I ask you something right now? How did this interview turn? I knew you would do this. See, that's how good you are. That's how good. (laughs) This is not about me, and I love you so much, and I appreciate that, and that makes, makes me, really, really thrills me. It makes my day, but however... I'm going to reverse it right now and get back to your life because we're celebrating Leslie Visser. And I cannot tell you, uh, like I said, I've been looking forward to it. All right, we got to take a quick break. You're in the Mississippi minute. I'm avoiding all of Leslie's questions right now. I apologize. You're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. That's what I'm going to tell you. We'll be right back. All the way back in 1989 my wife and i newly married and i was working on making my mark on the music business we wanted to build a house there was only one bank that helped us do that and while we were trying to find our way around our friends at guarantee bank started on the journey with us and have been there ever since they were always my connection back home when we lived in music city they believed in me so, when you need a financial institution to believe in you, give my family a Guarantee Bank a chance. With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. They are proud to be your local big time bank. Please visit one of their 17 locations and tell them Steve Azar sent you. Guarantee Bank. Remember, FBS.
0: Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: One hell of a hurry I know you're there waiting to see <laughs> I'm laughing right now and I'm, and I'm blushing I've got the great Leslie Visser uh, today on In a Mississippi Minute You're in Keep Mississippi so Beautiful Studios uh, Leslie, I'm like a clean freak when I see people throw trash out It just freaks me out Like, uh, you know, so that's just my way And by the way, uh, if you ever want to have a thrill When you're on John Daly's bus john daly i don't know how uh john madden was but john daly is a is ocd neat freak so we would i'd go over there and i'd move stuff Uh, you know he has stuff on his counter and i'd put like a piece of a napkin on there and he'd stand up and he'd go get it and throw it away. You'd wake up in the morning after a long night and everybody was on his bus. Everybody wanted to be on his bus. You'd wake up before you got up. Even if you got up two hours later, you just fell asleep. He's already up. The bus is spotless. Underneath the bays, you open it up. It looks like a department store. Everything's in order. Oh, you won't believe it. Unbelievable. People
2: wouldn't think that. Uh, John's was, uh, he had so many rules. Maybe Maybe John Daly did too. Madden had a million rules. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't take showers on the bus. That was for the hotels. And he had the reason he got a bus was because someone he did a photo shoot and someone had uh, hired Dolly Parton's bus, and that's where John got the idea because he originally <laughs> took the train. Wow! And I took the train with him once, the Lakeshore Limited, uh, which stopped in Chicago and then went on to the West Pacific Northwest. And he said that he learned some things on the train like, um, he did those Miller Lite ass, I don't know if people
0: remember,
2: and he said you could not let anyone buy you a beer, because then they thought they could sit with you for four hours, but on the bus, the whole back was his bedroom, and nobody could go near it, and then he had, you know, like um, banquette things, like a diner in the front, and he had six TVs, and uh, yeah, it was pretty clean, you were not you we were not supposed to mess up the bus, even though John sort of had that kind of half slob persona. Right. So uh, I think that's what John Daly has too.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. And both boy, they both are great at what they do. And my my goodness, how how the the mark that they've left is just amazing. I, I just uh, I never got to know John Madden, but I've gotten to get to know and love John Daly. In fact, he was my first guest on in a Mississippi Minute, and he kept going, Stevie, what are you doing? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and <you> well, meant, <laughs> first of
2: all, I don't think Lebanese blush, so I don't believe Oh, that. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's just a different color blush, let's just tell you. I mean, I'm, Paul
2: Anka, I'm, you think Paul Anka blushed?
1: Yeah, 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 he did. He I probably did every once in a while. I love Danny Thomas. You know he did a little bit. Maybe not.
2: Yeah, he might
1: have, yeah. <laughs> we're, t- we're talking to Leslie Bissard, and she's she's working on flipping the interview right now, and uh, and I'm struggling right now even to find a question because um Well, I, throwing, think
2: I need to know this. Okay, go was, um. Jimmy Buffett from the opposite end of the state, but yes. was he an influence for you or too much a contemporary?
1: No, no, no. I, I admire him so much. In fact, uh, Norbert Putnam was one of the original, original Muscle shows guys, and I'm about to interview... Uh, David Briggs, who was also one, and David played with Elvis. So did, so did, so did uh, Norbert. Norbert produced the Margaritaville record, and oh, wow. they loved him. I mean, Jimmy went through a tough stretch because he was he he had a avi- a vision of what he wanted to be, but it wasn't being accepted by the the industry, I guess. So he was just doing what he did, and when he stumbled across Total Honesty and what he loved, it became a cult you know, like a pop culture thing now. And, uh, it, no, I respect him so much. Uh, Mac McAnally, you know, I don't know Jimmy, yeah, but I know right. Mac, and Mac's a legend. Mac's, I'm talking about a songwriter and a wordsmith. Mac uh, has spent his uh, most of his life uh, and career with him, and that, to me, tells you a lot about who Jimmy Buffett is because Mac is the salt of the earth.
2: But how do you, um, you know, of course, uh, Jimmy Buffett, my, my first time I ever heard him was the Come Monday, but um, where where did he 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 seems to be kind of singular in his genre or, or started it. But what do you call that?
1: I just think you just call it Mississippi because you know you know growing up where we all grew up, you, you had gospel and country and folk and rock and roll with Elvis, and you obviously had the blues. There, you know, there's all of these high this. You know, I think that this is melting pot. You, if you throw all yeah. of these genres into a, a blender, you know, and you and, and you and you jump in the blender with it, you're going to come out with all these influences. And, and so I think that in a way, it's almost like I always consider my style of music is sort of like I'm like a mutt because it is the truth. The truth is that we are influenced and inspired by all of these avenues and genres and people. These characters, not only not only great music makers, but they were characters, and I just yeah, think that that's it just really true.
2: I mean, when you think hard. about your singers and and even your writers, like for a little bit, I knew John Grisham a little bit. And um, do you know that one of his books, I don't know the client or one of them, uh, the characters in there are named after Duke basketball players because he loved Duke basketball. Wow, I so never like, knew that. Yeah, it's like an FBI agent is Jeminski.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. oh, I love it. I want to thank you so much for taking a Mississippi Minute with me. You're a doll, and I'm a fan, and uh, I can't wait to see you, and I can't wait to be be there. No, Steve, thank you
2: so much. I loved it, and please say hi to
1: Gwen. I will. Take care. Bless all right.
2: Him. I love.
1: Thank later. you. Later, later. I'm Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time.
0: News Mississippi, on air, online, and now on the brand new News Mississippi app. You can select the breaking news and weather alerts you want. Just look for News MS in the Apple App Store and on Google Play. That's News MS in the Apple App Store and on Google Play. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.